Welcome to the Salmon Poetry Podcast. Salmon Poetry is an Irish publisher based in Ennis Diamond, County Clare, home to our bookshop and literary centre. You can find our titles and new projects on www.salmonpoetry.com. Salmon Poetry is supported by the Arts Council of Ireland. Hello, my name is Mary Dorsey. I'm a poet and fiction writer. I'm a feminist activist and gay activist. I can't remember a time when I didn't write or make up poetry, making it up on the way to school as a little girl. But I first published with um, Only Women Press in London in 1982, Kindling. And since then, all my books have been published by Salmon. I have a total of seven poetry books. My early work dealt a lot with problems of being a woman in this world and of the silence around gay life, lesbian life in particular. So I made it a very determined project to break this silence and to speak about the love that in it just enlightened my life and suffused it with happiness because I had wonderful people in my life. So this poem is about returning to a country town where I was living, country area, a wild part of County Kerry. I'm coming back from Dublin and I'm getting excited at the idea of my lover who will be there waiting to greet me. It's from one of my earlier books, published by Salmon now in my selected poetry, but it's from moving into the space cleared by our mothers. Return. At last, the train will lurch in. Twenty minutes past the hour, the dark flesh of the hills heaved behind. Before us, the narrowing fields, the layered clouds drifting beyond, lit for some other advent. And everything will conspire against me, luggage and children crowding the aisle. A white-haired woman home from England, awkward with haste, will labour her case to the door, her floral print dress, a last check between me and my first glimpse of you. And there you are, by the turnstile. I will see you come through, though you miss me. Your brilliant eyes in flight along the carriage windows. You will wear your red linen shirt, the sleeves turned back, and snatched from the hedgerows as you drove, a swathe of flowers in your arms. Such a trail strewn behind us, a trail of departures and pardons. And my blood will betray me the old response. I will hesitate, as if there might still be time to change course, or simply not wanting to be caught, waiting for your gaze. The sky will shift as I step out, a handful of sun thrust down on your hair. On the narrow platform, our hips will draw close. We will not mind how they stare, the aggrieved faces, such a fuss for a woman. And in that moment, your laughter, the heat of your neck at my mouth, it will all be behind me again, I swear, as though coming home, as though for the first time. 
I am well known, I think I can say, particularly for my love poems and also for a great many poems I've written about the mother-daughter relationship. And most recently, in my latest collection, Life Holds Its Breath, published in February of this year by Salmon, I wrote a poem that is looking back on my mother's life and death, but it's seen through a different lens. A friend of mine was going to a funeral and it happened to be in the town where I grew up. And I was thinking about her during the day because it was a, the person she was grieving was a great loss to her. And it reminded me what that church meant to me. Last rites. Even now, in this house of last rites, you are kneeling in the church where they carried me for baptism and led me by the hand to make a first communion. Under the same rafters in that very year, my father slept his ultimate night above earth. Can it be wondered then, as I wait for your return, the beating of wings at my back, the clouds hushed, as I labour, breaking stones in the yard of unrepentant sentence, that I find myself instead writing letters to the angels, enjoining them to keep a heedful ear, the hearth swept clear, asking that they remember irretrievable time, rooms loud with gaiety, contention, inspiration, two people young, the years and love crowding about them, skies stretching endless in front. And so, Picturing you in that chapel at prayer, under the same roof where my mother and father lay, forty years apart. What wonder if I am singing old songs no one recalls, urging forgotten choirs to lift their voice, to keep a watchful eye on the tardy, the apostate, the blithe revellers above ground to listen for the footstep, to set a votive flame, to prepare the way. My father died when I was seven, so that was my first experience of death. And I didn't go to the funeral because in those days, people thought children should be saved, spared a funeral. And in some ways that may have helped and in other ways it may have sharpened the sorrow. So that's why I wanted to celebrate his funeral there in that poem, along with my mother's. This poem expresses a continuing theme of mine, which is my feminism and my urgent and continuous response, particularly to misogyny and the violence of men against women, a violence which is growing every day, it seems to me, here in Ireland and elsewhere. And it's very little named. We still say people carried out, a person carried out a murder. There is a growing rate of murder. We don't say a man murdered a woman today. And almost all murder in our society of one individual by another is carried out by men. It's almost unknown for a woman to murder somebody she doesn't know. I think there's one murderer, one woman murderer in prison for I don't know how many men at any given time in Ireland and elsewhere. 
And this is about the threat, the constant threat to women just walking home. She was only walking home. We know that such a simple thing is terrifyingly dangerous for women, increasingly. Eden, she was only walking home, just like you, just like me, leaving the light of a cafe and a friend, as if she had the right, as if she were free, to walk the streets at night. She was only walking home, at night in the dark. She trusted a man, an officer in blue, watching out for her. Wouldn't I, wouldn't you, when you're only walking home? It could have been me, it could have been you, trusting a friendly Bobby in blue, offering assistance just to see you safe, love, just to get you home. Alone in the dark, her own front door, half a mile away. How could she have known? Why would she suspect? Why would you have realised, or any one of us? No, thank you, she said. I'm good as I am, just leaving a friend on my way home. Why would she have worried? How would you have guessed? A smiling man in uniform, offering advice. Alone in the dark, his hand on her arm, explaining how dangerous to stay out late it was. How soon did she begin to doubt? How soon would you have worked it out? Should she have guessed? Would I have known? Just before he slammed the door and locked the windows shut. How long before the first scream broke through her terror, when he forced the blindfold on, the handcuffs and the gag? How could she defend herself? How would you have broken free, or any one of us? Hunted, hound, bound and blinded, driven fifty miles from home. How she struggled, how she swore, but how could anyone have heard? How could any eye see, when at last he threw her out, in the silent, secret dark? He found it so exciting to watch her final panic, her begging and her fear. So he dragged her to a wood, raped her, strangled her, and burnt her to the bone. Just like you, just like me, she was only walking home, leaving the light of a cafe and a friend, as if she had the right, as if she were free, to walk the streets at night. Why do men hate us? So much they hunt and kill us. Why do they not ask themselves until it's too late? Is jealousy or fear of life their goad? Do they blame us women for bearing them? Or is the crime they can't forgive the original sin, that first expulsion from the womb? That's a very hard poem about a very hard subject, but I think that poetry should be able to cover every element of life, the erotic, the political, the maternal, every aspect of human experience and emotion. I read one short last poem to lift us from that, art. Quick as a darting swift, bold, as a swan's wing, as she passes above you. A boat cleaves the lake. Water glistens from the oar's blade, falls 
on the still surface, a spider's web cast. I love to write poems in praise of what we call nature, as if we can forget that we are part of nature. It isn't an environment, it's us. We are made of the same stuff and we relate to each other all the time. And our growing concern has to be our survival. The world, the planet will survive. But do we know if humans will survive?